The Dogger Saints podcast is proudly sponsored by Starn Apparel. Starn Apparel is an independent fashion brand from Scotland, creating high quality and stylish attire for on and off the terraces. Listeners of this podcast can get a 10% discount at the checkout on their order by using the code Dogger Saints. Check out their website now at starnapparel.co.uk or find them on all the usual social media platforms. It's on the clock! It's in! And it's unbelievable! What a chance! And a goal for Paul King! Preston letting fly with an all-automatic goal! The ball's inside and there it is! That's it! St. Johnson are in the final! Stevie May, they scored! Callum Hendry! Stephen Anderson scores! And what is it about Sean Rooney and Cup Finals? He's gone and done it again! Hello and welcome back. Later than usual, but we are here. It's the Dogger Saints podcast. It's episode 84. I'm Sam Miller and I am thankfully, thankfully not on my own this week. Danny is still in his house and it's not collapsed. Danny, how are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm a bit, um, a wee bit of a, wee bit of a cold. So, um, yeah, you might be, we might be in for a shorter episode tonight. <laughs> a bit, uh, try me a bit more succinct. But uh, given all that's gone on this week and the opinions I've got, that might not be happening. Uh, usually at this point of the season, we'll be looking forward to our um, kind of award ceremony show, but we, there's too much happening. There's too much happening. We've got this week, we've got two games to discuss very, very briefly because they were kind of dead rubbers. A lot going on at the club with the chairman leaving, Murray Davidson retiring, and a certain club legend. You could argue two well club legends leaving, maybe one more legendary than another. Uh, but we'll get to them very shortly. We've got theme team this week and next week's theme team. We've got a superstar prize on the go. I have uh, also, we don't, we don't have any celebrity guests this week, but I do have, well, I have been using a lot of AI technology to help with this week's episode, um, Dan. You'll be glad to know. Uh, the robots are taking over, man, and I don't like it. It's like Terminator 2, the podcast. This is what this is this week. But um, <laughs> who, we... di- who dies in a horrendous fire? Who's Sarah Connor? In Sarah this? Connor, yeah. I've seen that used as a meme as when you open it up the oven to check on your pizza <laughs> and it's got that picture. Hold <laughs> on, going absolutely great. But uh, we'll also be doing the Club Shop of Shame and our new feature, which we didn't have a name for until I um, went to AI technology to come up with a name. Honest to God, it's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> And it all, I'll leave you to all that. Yes, but we must start with the big news. We, it's the one everybody's talking about, but before we get into that, I've got exclusive. I can't name names, but there might be someone that might have been sacked. That's S-A-C-K-E-D. Yeah, that's a surprise, eh? I got a, a, a text. I wouldn't say who from. I believe somebody may have got their daughters from McDermott. Oh, well, there we go. Never mind. What a pity. And this is in relation to... David Wotherspoon, who has left the club after 10 years with us, five European campaigns, 10 seasons, three cups, and enough spoony chops to uh, be worthy of getting a World Cup call-up and doing it in front of Hakimi, who's worth £30 million as well, and the nicest guy in the whole world. Bad news. It's bad news. It's a bad news bear writing off. Um, Oh, he's off and all, maybe. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, no, I'm going to be serious here because... um, yeah, it's not. Do you know what? Right. I mean, there's been so much going on, and a lot of it, like, would feel a lot of it, sort of good, progressive stuff. Feel good factor. I mean, the new board coming in, our 
mate Stan taking over as uh, chief exec. Fantastic. The manager situation being cleared up. And, you know, I think we can we'll talk about that later, but I think you can argue McLean's not deserved the shot. The Livy game and with Murray's farewell, the chairman's farewell, getting on to him in a minute. And then the most successful player in the history of the club, possibly the best player in the history of the club, is a footnote uh, in the retained list two days later. And the feel-good factor just plummets into the ground. What I will say is, as a footballing merit, you can go either way on it. Spoonie not being part of the squad next year. I personally think we should have kept him. Agreed. That's And I personally, I think he's going to come back and bite us, play for someone else and bite us on the arse. That's my own personal view. I can get why people might say, well, you know, he probably admit himself, he's not had the um, the best of times since coming back from his injury. There's, again, possibly reasons for that, which we can get into. But you can see why people might think, you know, whatever. What I will say is the two guys that are just through the door that have ended up with this decision, so that is uh, Stan Harris. And full disclosure here, Stan's obviously a friend of ours. Everyone knows that. Um, not just, oh, we know him and we get along with him. He is a genuine friend of ours, so I'm not sort of doing a PR job for him. Maybe I could get a job doing PR at the club. <laughs> be any fucking worse. Stan Harris and Stephen McLean, I think they've just been landed with us. And I think it's come, as a result, I don't think it's a football decision. I think what it's come down to is, as I've been saying for two years now, crap business in the transfer windows from the previous manager. And also, I know we had, I know we had his little fun farewell on Sunday, previous chairman. I think they're complicit. And I think it's left, basically... Stan and Maka in a position where they couldn't really make another decision. Yeah, we're, we're basically stuck with other players on the books because they they were given too long a deal. You're basically saying uh, that cover his position. Yes, that's exactly what it. That's exactly what it comes down to. And Jamie Murphy's obviously another one out of contract. So I think what in in that sort of position, which I've said for a year, we've got too many players there. Nobody nobody ever listens to me anyway. <laughs> And why should why should they? I'm full of full of nonsense. Anyway, but Murphy would have never had a had a discussion as well. He'd have never had a discussion. And contrary to a rumor that has been doing the rounds, uh, and has been sort of bought by people that I like as well. So this isn't a, a personal dig at anyone. He wasn't offered a deal. Nope. There was no one year deal offered that he turned down. That was I can guarantee that that was not the case. I can tell you now. And it'll be the same for Jamie Murphy. They. And obviously it's different with Murphy. He's been there a year, da 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 da, da. But um, these guys just won't have been offered a chance. This is why we're seeing... Brown's obviously been offered a deal, James Brown, because there's no one else in his position, particularly going back to back four. So that's why he'll have been offered a deal. Kano, again, we're really short up top. So it makes sense to offer Kano a deal. Uh, Holberg is the one that people have been bringing up. Yeah. From what I believe... Midfield, well, you can see midfield's an area to, that we do need a bit more cover. And obviously, Holberg can play a bit deeper than Spoonie. So that'll be why he'll have been offered a deal. And you can see what's happening. It just comes down to terrible decision making in transfer windows. And we've left, we've got Graham Carey, Ali Crawford's going to come back. Like, make no mistake about that. Ali Crawford's coming back. Max is obviously coming back, which is the one thing that I'm sort of clinging to out of this. Yeah. That it might mean Max gets a bit of a bit more of a shot. 
what made it worse was the the statement that came out, as we touched on at the start. If he was leaving, that's fine, but they could have had someone in place to make it better. If it, Even if it was written by Gregor Gregor from the media guys, they would have still have had to run it by Mark Guidi. They must have. And to, to pass that is okay as your PR guy. Absolutely dreadful decision, like, to have that as a statement. And if you look at David Witherspoon's likes on Twitter, he's liked every single comment that comes down to it, basically saying it was a disgrace the way it was treated. And and, and rightly so it was. Well, I um, I dropped David a text um, a couple of days ago. Well, yesterday it would have been, actually. Just not anything, not going into, not calling it a disgrace or anything like that, because I didn't think that would be particularly helpful to him. But just, you know, as a, um, you know, just to say, you know, ah, oh, mate, you know, hope, oh, you're okay, da, da, da. And he was good enough to get back to us. And, you know, and he, he wasn't trying to hang anyone out to dry, I think. But it was pretty, it was just not, um, it's not how anyone wanted it to go. And you're looking at um, his brother has been a bit more public in his vocal disdain about it. And he can be. Well, it is right, yeah. Yeah. You, you're just looking at it and you think, I mean, it should have been, it should have been sorted so that David and Mikey, Michael O'Halloran, I know it's a bit different with Michael. He's been out of the picture. He's been out on loan. And let's face it, everyone knew he was away. And also, let's face it, this last spell Michael's had hasn't exactly been a rip-roaring success, if we're we're being brutally honest. He he had some good games, particularly in the first couple of years of it. But, you know, this season and probably uh, the season before, it's not not worked out. And that's that's, that's football. But this man, that man still made an immense contribution to the club. You know, the pair of them have made every bit as much of a contribution to the club as Murray's immense contribution. Right, Murray gets a send off on Sunday. We spoke to somebody in the media uh, and how they would have handled the Spoony situation differently um, compared to the, the the statement that came out. Again, we could probably put Michael Howard and Jimmy Murphy and all that into it, but he suggested that there would be a separate article about Spoony anyway, with a bit about Michael Howard in it. Also, as he won the three cup three times, six cups between them, and uh, yeah. both in the same sentence anyway. Also, some quotes from the players, if they were willing. Plenty of picks from the glory days on all platforms instead of the standard McDermott pick. And a sit-down interview with Maka would also be good to help explain his decisions. That doesn't seem out the ballpark. No, it doesn't. And I think 140-odd years or whatever it is, we've won three cups. They've been there for every single one of them. Yeah, That's not an insignificant contribution to the, to the history of this football club. And look, everyone's going to say, I mean, everyone, you know, people say, oh, Spoonie's the best player to ever play for Saints and all that. That's obviously subjective. People, older people might be saying, oh, Connolly, you know, Connolly was the best player to play for Saints or Kenny Ed or um, Henry Hall or someone from, you know, folk that were about in the 90s might be saying, oh, Boyle, stuff like that. You know, you that's that's all opinions. The facts are that, the, you know, the medals are there. And for them to be buried in amongst E2 Vitain and... Charlie Gilmore, the greatest respect to Charlie, and always a lovely lad. Bobby Daly, Spencer Morland, William Sanford. Oh, and Theo's been transfer listed. That is, I thought that was bad. To be I fair, mean, it's bad, but not as bad as the horrific patter from our neighbours down the road in Dundee. Did you see their comment about Paul McMullen? Why are you mentioning it? Paul McGowan. Paul McGowan. Uh, not McMullen. Paul McGowan. If anybody not seen it. So basically they put out the same kind of statement to say that players were moving on. But they put in a little section saying, uh, we can't comment uh, on Paul McGowan at the minute since we've tried to contact him and can't get in touch with him. And then obviously they did get in touch and went, he's leaving. If you didn't think, yeah, yeah so it, it was pretty, pretty brutal. It's, 
it is honestly, I mean, that was proof. That was, why even mention it? Like, why just say, why not just say, oh, the situation with Paul McGowan still to be rectified? There you go. There's your job done. Honest to, I know, belter. Whatever you believe in. If, if, and if you think this is the last thing we'll be talking about David Witherspoon on the podcast, you'll be absolutely wrong. Uh, he'll, we'll talk about him at length in times and we'll talk about his his greatest hits for the club. But he did come out with a statement and obviously it was written down so we couldn't get him to read that out. But through the helpful use of AI technology, Dan. Wow. He's Nathan, he's 24 and he's of African-American descent. Here's what he, here he is reading. Here he is reading out David Witherspoon's <laughs> statement. After 10 magnificent years, Playing at the club I grew up supporting, my time has come to an end. The memories created throughout my time at St. Johnstone have been incredible and will never be forgotten. Firstly, I'd like to thank the players I have had the pleasure of sharing a dressing room with. Such a great group of lads who have supported and shown me great friendships. To the managers I have had the pleasure of working under and had so much success with. Thank you for giving me the chance to play for the team I love. To the backroom staff and other staff members that work in the club that have helped me out over the years. I am truly grateful for everything you have done for me. A big thank you and love to my wife and kids for their support over the 10 years. It's been so hard on them, but they were always there for me through the highs and the lows. My biggest thank you is to you, the fans. The amount of messages and posts I have received over these past two days has been overwhelming and I want to thank you for supporting me and allowing me to play for the team we all love. It's hard for me to put into words what this club means to me as a fan and a player. It will always hold a place in my heart. Thank you. Spoonie. Spoonie. <laughs> Spoonie. <laughs> and, and there's no way he's 24. He's absolutely at the capers, Mr. Robot Man. <laughs> some accent they've got there in Abernethy. Um <laughs> but yeah I, I think look what it comes down to again I mean that's just he's, he's done that on the notes up on his phone himself and it's far better than what was produced by um, this hotshot media consultant that Poss- we've had on the po- books for possibly former possibly former I mean I, the problem the, the problem I've got with it all with this as well Right, the first problem, but we've been over this a million times, is it's Greg and Gregor that then have to pick all up, which is just minging yeah. anyway. But also, you've got there's other people at the club who then take take it in the neck, and it probably probably gets to gets on their back. Whereas in any organisation, this is actually where we went wrong. This is where Davidson went wrong for a start, right? You have to be able to delegate and trust the people in their roles. So the people who are doing their jobs that maybe are above certain people who may or may not be there have to be able to trust this person who may or may not be there still to to do the job he's to the job he or she's paid for. He has and to. He has to be like Warren G. You have to regulate. <laughs> I know delegate. I regularly not delegate, man. I think. Make target words. We, as I say, we will go on to talk about uh, Saints. I love. We're not finishing the podcast off for the summer anytime soon. You will be glad to know. No, but I will finish with one final word. Go for it. On this man, Callum Davidson was a menace, and he had to be stopped. <laughs> he was. It was a menace. Look, I mean, tell you what, Macker. He's got some job on his hands, by the way. 
because since we last did a podcast, well, certainly since we last did a podcast, but since you and Sam and Hammond last did a podcast, <laughs> you know, Mac has obviously been appointed permanently um, on a permanent basis. Three years, by the way. I mean, that's that's bold. But anyway, that's wise and wise. He's got some job in his hands to sort this mess out because it has become a total mess. Which is a lot like my garden, Dan. Let's break up the football chat a little bit. One of the greatest TV theme tunes of all time. Not many women look good without a bra. And actually, I tell a lie. Lots of women look good without bras. Lots of them. All of them, I would say. It's funny how brass bands always remind me of Charlie Dimmick's set. <laughs> Maybe not so much now. But uh, <laughs> that, that is indeed the Ground Force theme tune to take on board this week's theme team, which was The Garden. We posted it and I wanted to keep it by putting out some examples and yous came back in abundance. But uh, now that the, um, the prize bungles away, oh, we'll get to that first. Uh, I dropped the prize bungle off to winner Martin Weir. Uh, congratulations to him. And he was a bit kind of taken aback, aghast, I would say, um, by the amount of prizes <laughs> that he had there. I saw the pictures and he did look, um, him and his little lad, looked quite in their element. They did. His, his wife uh, kind of stuck her head in and then disappeared again, quick, sharpish. I don't imagine many of that will be going on the wall. But congratulations to Martin Weir. There will be probably some kind of prize bungle next year, whether it will be to that extent. Um, time will tell. But this week's theme team was gardening. But no, before we get to prize bungles and doing stuff, you did a marathon on Sunday, Dan. <laughs> yeah, this is why I'm going to be useless on the Livingston game if we eventually get around to talking about... Um... <laughs> Bad football has been played. Yeah, yeah, I did a marathon. Um, it was, I don't know how you've done as many of these as you have, mate, because it's... Oh, they're wanky. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, it, was, um, it was an unbelievable, um, it was an unbelievable experience. And actually, I had a great run for about 20 miles and then went careering headfirst into the wall. What me- about you? Me- the mental. Was it on the way back or was it kind of... On the, the tur- way back. The as tur- soon as I came out of that stately home. Yeah, the, the turning point. Stately home. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that got well. It was hot. It was hotter than it was meant to be. So there was a um, there was a bit of fighting for it for the next six miles. But um, I got under. I, I had five hours as a target. Squeaked under it by nineteen seconds. So <laughs> that'll do. But it wasn't really. Jumped I know. Down. Yeah. And belted the last mile, and it wasn't really even anything to do with that. I didn't because I didn't really know my. T- I had a rough idea of my time because I had my a GPS watch on and stuff like that. I basically just stuck my head down and ran so I could get it over with as quickly as possible. I just ran. Um, I was on running, um, so oh no, it's brilliant. But I need, I need. <laughs> Why is your best impression the one of somebody with uh, mental disabilities? Why is that a thing? Lieutenant Dan, <laughs> you got new legs. Um, but I'm uh, no, I just wanted to say a massive thank you um, very quickly to, to everyone who um, everyone who sponsored me, everyone who supported me so far. All the donations I've had um, at Millen. Yeah, on the phone quite a few times and they're so grateful for it. So thank you to everyone. It's it was it kept me going. And to be honest with you, it kept me going at a time when I was like, I might I might have to sit at the side of the road here. I was like, no, nah, I've just gotta thought about everyone who donated, um, obviously had more faith in me than actually doing it. So unbelievable. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so so much. Um I'm gonna if anyone who's not donated and might like to, uh, I'll keep it open for a bit. Well, I mean, people might want to donate now, you know, now they know I've actually done it and it's a bit of a safer bet. <laughs> That's it. Um, There's always that element of, I'm not giving them money. You may not finish it. Yeah, it was, um, it was an amazing experience. And 
but just thank you thank you so much again it's all been so gratefully received and all the support um yeah. Thank you to every single listener that's donated to any of the charity events over the last years. We've, as a collective group, our listeners have raised over £10,000 for ch- relevant charities in the last year. So congratulations to you guys. But that does not make up for a list of garden-based St. Johnson players that I've got in front of me here. Let's bring the tone right back down to earth. Tell you what, I thought this was going to be... <laughs> I thought when we said this, this was going to be pony. This turned out to be one of our better ones yet. Yeah, some absolute belter in here. Uh, we'll start with Mike Pringle, who always sends him in on Facebook every week, and I always go to Twitter, and I always forget about him. So he's coming out first this week. He's got Cammy Ballantwine and Oofed. Tommy Turnip, which are two very strong starters. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually got a list of them, because there were so many this week, I just kind of had to go. Also, Simon Fencing uh, as well, which is great. Kerr <laughs> uh, has got Jody Florist. Uh, Roddy Plant from Andy Miller, Ryan uh, Ryan McPlowan uh, from Stan. Don't think it's Stan Harris. Uh, Stan, I can't remember the surname. Stan, sorry, apologies. I just wrote down Stan. We have got some. Sometimes the simpler ones are the best. They take a little explaining. Pave Mackay, which is which is pretty good. That's from Colin McCready. Uh, Derek Gnomes uh, from Kev Stewart. Uh, Moss Callahan <laughs> from Scott Robertson, which is great. Big fan of that. Uh, Welly Ormond uh, and Strim Weir from Bob. Both absolutely brilliant. Daisy Irons from Andy Gannon. Brilliant. Gannon's on a roll. Gannon, I think, yeah, he's made up for it. We should get him back in the quiz and give him some absolutely easy ones because I think he's still hurting <laughs> from the fact that we absolutely, uh, we done him a dirty. Not intentionally. Certainly. Oh, that was a horrible, that was a horrible week. Though. Taylor Stewartson and, and all, I can't read the first word, but it's something Morris. I'll, I'll, I'll go back and I'll find out this before the end. Uh, Guion Shedwards from Teddy uh, from Teddy Lukic. I don't know if he's still Teddy Lukic or just Teddy now. We've got James Dung and uh, Roddy Dendrons. It's a type of flower. If nobody knows, that's from the Rave. Very good. F.A. Ambroses. Oh, that's good. From Patsy. Uh, Moss Forsyth from Blair Kaler. Medi, yeah. uh, which is excellent. Medi Aweed. And that's from the St. Johnson Analysis page on Twitter. Uh, Fly Momo Silla again from Teddy <laughs> <laughs> which is excellent to be fair uh, John Pollan McBride which is great as well uh, I think that might be Teddy as well if it's not I'll apologise for that Samuel Porritt uh, Trowell Paz you're getting straight away for an El Paz <laughs> reference yeah well there we go you. instant entry well done you've won a mug congratulations uh, Paul Sturrock from Jerry Scott uh, very good Alon Main as an L-A-W-N Alon yeah and that's from Des and uh, David Kerr with Digger Saints and a winky face. <laughs> Obviously, that gets a mention. So, a great list. I guess the win. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, I don't know where we go from that one. What do we like out of that one? We'll go through it off air and then we'll we'll give you a winner at the end. I think it's only fair play. We might have to go to a vote. I think we will have to go for a vote. We'll discuss it and then we'll go to a vote. I think that's, that's only fair. But next week's prize, we've actually got a... It's not an El Paz mug next week. We've actually got a proper prize from Stern Apparel for on... Oh, our old sponsor, Stern. From on and off the terraces. Remember, you can go to their website, type in Dogger Saints for a 10% discount, but you can also enter Theme Team for next week and you will win a prize from them. Unconfirmed what it is yet, but I'd imagine it'll be something pretty epic. And I was thinking about this earlier on, Dan. Since your marathon, you were desperate to get a pint and we both sat in a pub on Sunday. And I like the pub and you like the pub. Yes. So we're in all things pub. Yes. And I have written down some examples. I've thrown you in the spot here, but I thought I'll just write them down while I was thinking about this last night. Uh, so we've got uh, David Witherspoon's. That's pretty straightforward. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you know the irony of that? 
Go on. Hey, 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 and I've got a two pints prick. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I've got one. Go. Chris Miller. Chris Miller. Yeah, yes. Chris Miller. Sorry, I've got a terrible set of headphones on tonight. And I, I, I thought you just said Chris Miller. and went, oh, because he's always in the pub. Oh, I've got another one. Go on. Chris Miller light. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I've got one. Crisp cane. <laughs> Why? Oh. Where do we go from there? What will we come up with next? Something Chris related. Um, right, we're taking no more votes on any crisp related uh, thing unless it's maybe flavours. <laughs> scampi fries, could you... Uh, right, I want a scampi fry related pun. Anybody that comes up with a decent one, we'll give them a mug. Sir Francis Bacon fries. <laughs> Again, not a St. Johnson player. Yeah, he did. He played it right back once. <laughs> right, that is Steam Team for another week. Let's get back to the football, shall we? Murray Davidson, 14 years at the club, another end of era uh, here. I know he's not featured much this season, but Stephen McLean called him out to be a warrior, threw himself into everything, and a future Hall of Famer. Any arguments with that? No, no arguments whatsoever. Um, I think you look at Murray's... <laughs> that warrior thing, that old war horse thing, probably was what did for him in the end. Um, because I just don't think... I don't think his body could... His body was knackered, basically. Yeah. Uh, while we've not seen a lot of him this season, but he, he's a fabulous player, fabulous footballer, Murray. Um, like I said, old warrior thing. <laughs> I said it was to his detriment at the end. It was probably to his detriment for his career because he picked up more injuries, throwing himself into tackles that weren't there to be won that he did win, or sticking his head in the way of stuff. Then, you know, you can you could even begin to count. So. But he, he was um he was such a vital cog in vital cog in Tommy's machine. Really, that midfield was was a heartbeat of things. You know, Murray, uh, Chris Miller, uh, Liam Craig, either side of the spells, spell at Hibbs. Um he was he was brilliant. He's, I was I was saying like my favourite St. Johnston players. Um left the club this week. I think probably my two favourite St. Johnston players have gone now. Yeah. This week. Because um, he was brilliant and he was he could play football, good passer of a ball, carried the ball well. Probably should have got a few more goals than he by rights than he should have got. He should have scored more headers than he did. <laughs> Big, <laughs> you know, he did he did score a brilliant goal. It wasn't a brilliant goal. It was a, a timely goal at Ibrox. Um, it will be the one yeah. I always remember in the cup where O'Halloran scored. Stephen McLean managed to scoot one over the bar from a yard. And I uh, can't remember who was going to <laughs> Simon Lappin. Yeah, he's going to first. It was an absolute yeah, We always scored good goals at that end for some reason. Blair Olsen scored an absolute yeah. rake on that end a couple of times, I'm pretty sure. Um, that game where Blair Olsen and Denny Johnston both got on the score. And Graham Cummins. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, what a free ball that is. <laughs> but yeah, um, Murray, was, it'll be sadly missed. And I think we have been... Uh, we've really been missing... Really missing what he brings to the midfield for quite some time. There's always a sense of sadness with Murray as well because his luck with injuries. Like we're talking about all the, you know, the great cup winners, the free cup winners. I mean, Murray's really amongst that. But yeah. so he missed out in 2014 for injury, missed the League Cup final 
in 2021. Um, was that the horrible challenge from Kimar Roof? That's right, yeah. Um, but then he got... It, but that actually led to one of the great sort of... It was almost like a, a movie script story about how he fought back in... You know, fought back from injury that season, got himself an appearance in the cup final, played about last half hour or so. And he, he, was, br- Bryson, and he so. was brilliant in it as well, the last half hour. He was brilliant. In fact, he saw the game out for us. Yeah. Throughout. Totally saw that game out because, I mean, Bryson had a great game, but he was knackered by that point. Mm-hmm. But it was, um, yeah, I mean, just been a wonderful servant, more than 400 games for the club. Probably were it not for injuries, he might have been. Top dog. Um, might have broke Liam's record. It's, it, or he might have got pretty close to it. It's, so it's it's sad, but like you say, it's just that end of an era thing, and um, yeah, just it's gonna have a different feel about the place um next season certainly. But you know, I I, I don't know what Murray's gonna go on and do, but whatever it is, you, I'm sure he'll. Sure, he'll make a good go of it, and um, whether he stays in football or does something otherwise, um, I'm, I think he'd be it'd be very good. Well, I think he's still certainly got something to offer the game. He really does. Happen to know he's does a bit of co- I think he's done a bit of coaching with kids in the past, and he's really good with that. So, yeah, it'd be great to um, be great if he could carry on in the game in some capacity. But no, it'd be uh, it's just it was a. It's it's sad, but I'm glad he got. I'm glad at least he got a good send off. It does. He goes with the best wishes of absolutely everybody. And we say this in the podcast now, but we'll no doubt see him in the in the dogger at the weekend. Oh, yeah. No doubt he's he's a regular and he is indeed a member, which is great. And he likes Domino's. He was at hospitality on Sunday, and he was speaking to Davy Fleming in the suite. Monday, and he walks past and he looks at me like, all right, Sam, you doing? I went, fine. He went, look who I brought today. And he looked around and then he just, big smile on his face. Went, Fucking hell, what the hell are you doing here? Who, like, who's in the club here today? Place must be deed. Was his opening line. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's got time to speak to everybody. Um, and he's genuinely, the reason I've got Davidson 8 on the back of my top this season is the guy's an absolute hero. Oh, he's a, he is. He's a, great, he's a great lad. Like you say, he's a lovely fella. Um... Really salt of the earth kind of guy. So, um, yeah, he's a hero. He's one of the best, you know, not only one of the best servants with Valet St. Johnston, in recent times, one of the best footballers we've had. Um, yeah, just a brilliant, brilliant guy. And it'll be, I'm sure he'll be sadly missed, uh, sadly missed around the dressing room as well. Yeah. And we have a Murray Davidson based um, song to finish the show with today, which was sent in by a listener, which is a, a rare treat for the ears. So we will play that to see us out today. <laughs> Dan, you've not heard this, but I'm you're sure you'll be very much looking forward to this. Oh yeah, no, I can't wait. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What what's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Shame. The club shop of shame. Still my favorite feature and the longest running of the podcast. Oh, this is Hall of Fame shit, this. This is absolute <laughs> top of the club shops. It's... <laughs> I can't wait for this. This is going to be so good. And this was in, sent in from Big Tall Paul, and we are going to North London. And we're going to North London? Is it outside it's, of London? Yeah, it is North London. It's probably north of London, yeah, actually. Yeah, just outside the M25. So, yeah, we've got a Watford. <laughs> this is probably... Oh, oh. 
you know, the the club that has um, the lyrics to your song um, sprayed onto the back of the stand, um, you know, you, you, you've got to expect, you've got to expect greatness from this. <laughs> They're a club that does that. I know the connection and I know Big Elton was fantastic chairman for them. But come on, he didn't even write the lyrics. He did. Bernie Taupin. Good. Oh, oh, Sam, we can have a music history history feature. We can because we've got to talk about shit. Right. So, yeah, we do. Right. (laughs) Oh, big tall Paul, what have you done to us, baby? Right. (laughs) So you're thinking back. uh, uh, So much going on. Right. You think back um, over probably the last 10 years of football, uh, maybe 15, 20. You know, you're thinking of great iconic moments that have happened. And one that might be my my favourite sort of non-Saints and non-United one was that uh, playoff semi-final between Leicester and Watford. And, you know, the great drama in a 10th minute of stoppage time. I think it was in 10th minute of stoppage time in extra time. Um, Anthony Knockhart has a penalty save for Leicester. Watford go up the other end. It's a Holstrom ash. And Troy Deeney absolutely, and I love Troy Deeney as well, absolutely levers home, um, levers home a winner uh, past Kasper Schmeichel. A great moment, immortalised forever. Um, the commentary, Johnny Phillips on Soccer Saturday describing it and sort of just, in the end, just squeaking. Amazing. Actually, I think I've got this here. I do. I found the clip. Here it is. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time in the second leg to go ahead. Here we go. It's a fantastic save. Oh, it's a brilliant save from Almunia. A double save. The initial penalty from Knockout was saved. He got the rebound and it looked as if the rebound had got him, but he saved that as well. And now Watford are on the counter-attack. They're bursting forward. They've got a chance. They've crossed it into the box. Oh, I don't believe this. There's a chance for a Watford. Oh, they've scored. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Deeney has scored a penalty. He's scored. Oh, Troy Deeney has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. And Watford are going to go into the championship final. Yeah, absolutely iconic. Iconic. Now, if you're a Watford fan, you'd think that I'd just live forever in your mind on repeat. I would need nothing to uh, to remember or mark the occasion other than maybe watching the video time and time again. Yeah, occasionally you whip out the YouTube video or something yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely fine. You look at, or you've, you've got it as a wallpaper on your phone. But what if you were able to look down at your torso <laughs> for a constant reminder of this? What are you introducing to the club shop of Shane Daniel? <laughs> Sam, I'm introducing the men's Pat Dini goal 90s bootleg shirt. Nice. <laughs> bootleg. The word bootleg just suggests it's cheap shit and it looks cheap shit. That's what the term bootleg means is it's not real. So they're actually yeah. releasing fake items of an item that doesn't exist. Exactly. Bootleg, um, bootleg Bart, which was the cake that said eat pant on it <laughs> instead of eat my shirt. Can you describe the, the look of the shirt? Well, why, why, why should I describe it when Watford's <laughs> website can do it themselves? Perfect. 90s style. Doesn't mean no, anything. I remember the 90s. I don't really think this 90s style. Bootleg football shirt celebrating the 10th anniversary of Troy Deeney's iconic goal scored against Leicester in the 2012-13 Championship playoff final. Do not scratch your eyes. That's 
that's the description. So they obviously can't go too much into it. But what you've got is is that a legal so got, is that a legal statement they put on there in case anybody sees the shirt and literally wants wants to scratch their eyes out from ever having to see anything ever again? Do you think that's a disclaimer? You know what, Sam? I think you might be right. <laughs> so what it is, right? So it's a polo next from a company called Copa. And I think they some Saints fans might remember they did a range of actually really good Saints retro shirts, if I remember correctly. Um this isn't good. Um <laughs> what you've got. So you've got Troy Deeney. Like a picture of Troy Deeney. Like obviously in his pole, you know, in the striking poles. But the ball's just left his foot. Now, if you had just had that on a T-shirt, like on a plain white T-shirt, it'd be pretty bad. But you'd get it. It's one that you maybe bought a stand at, stole outside the ground, you shoved it in a drawer. You know, you got a bit carried away. Or maybe, you know, you're not a football thing, so maybe it'd be a, a, a caricature, you know, a, a drawing of it. No, this isn't on just a plain white background of a T-shirt. What you've instead got is the crowd. <laughs> is the crowd not actually really doing much? It's not the, the crowd celebrating the goal. It's not the crowd, um, you know, sort of bundling onto the pitch or anything like that, as they did. This is just a shot of the crowd, but just milling about. But you know what I've realised? <laughs> what I've noticed? Go on. There's a bloke in the bottom left-hand corner there. I'm trying to find it now. I've lost it. Right. There's a bloke in the bottom left-hand corner wearing what would appear to be not a Watford shirt. <laughs> I hope that's the case. They just took a random stock image of a crowd. If this is true, then this is absolutely mind-blowing. Right, there's the picture there. Uh, means that... What would a Puma thing on his shoulder and a cap on? Oh, yeah. I actually think that might be a Leicester shirt. So if it is, and they've just done the away end, then that's a great bit of shit housing, and I'm all in favour of it. <laughs> that, that changes everything. If they've just got the away fans looking miserable in the front as Troy Deeney. Do you know what? <laughs> Hold on, there's a back to it. Oh, yeah, there is. Look who's on there, randomly. The goalie and uh, Zola. And Gianfranco Zola. He would have been the manager at the time, I think. Oh, no, they have got a... It is a I can see a few Watford shirts on the back, but it's not actually celebrating that goal. No, they're just... So it's just a random stock image. Um, the fact that when the, the, the image they've got of Troy Deeney taking the shot, he's got his Nike Pro shorts and the label's hanging out the back. It's just... <laughs> you, you'd think you would edit that out <laughs> or something, eh? <laughs> it, looks, it looks ridiculous. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah, right. It's a, it's a very bad dart shirt, basically, is what this is. Very bad. Uh, it's got Deeney 9 on the back, um, just to really top things off. Uh, bootleg, indeed. Um, Who's the keeper? Manuel Almunia. Oh, it is Almunia, yeah, right. Do you know what my favourite thing about all this, though, is? Go on. They lost the playoff final. <laughs> they didn't even... Is that true? Did they even go... I was, no, was, was going to ask that. Did they make it all... No, they didn't win. That is that is outrageous. Not that year. They went up a couple... I think they went up a year later or something like that. But yeah, Palace beat them in the final that year. Um, I remember that. So yeah, dread. I, I think ultimately what this is, is just... Bad. A crime against fashion. Very much so. And what is it retailing at? Standard price for a football <laughs> shirt? Got to be, yeah. Oh, there it 49 is. quid. 49 quid, yep. Um, piss. <laughs> Deserves to go straight in at the club shop of shame. Let's move on very, very swiftly. 
Um, we discussed a couple of weeks back uh, weird football kind of sponsored partnership things, and we discussed <laughs> the Man United uh, had an official Asian noodle partner because, like, remember this all came out because I was watching the baseball, and the Blue Jays had an official paint and an official non-alcoholic beer of the eighth innings. Both of them are ridiculous partnerships. Now, I went to my good friend of the AI technology, which I've had a lot of fun at this week, and asked for them to come up with a name of a of a feature for the exact words were create a funny name for a podcast feature that discusses sponsorship deals and they come up with the cash grab chronicles oh, that's very good <laughs> i thoroughly enjoyed it there was other ones but they weren't they, they weren't so good this week's official club partnership is possibly the weirdest outrageous thing i have ever said or spoken about on anything ever let alone a podcast it's pretty weird right enough the ball Co- corporation who are the Ball Corporation? <laughs> Nobody knows. But they're they're hooked up with Arsenal. Ball Corporation. <laughs> right. So the Westminster, Colorado-based aluminium packaging company. <laughs> oh, sorry. Aluminium packing company. What? I don't even know what that means. Are they giving any more info after that? They signed a global partnership with Cronky Sports and Entertainment. So that's Arsenal's owner. That covers all of their major sporting organisations. The Los Angeles Rams, the Denver Nuggets... Right, can we? I know you love American sports, but can we talk about some of the name, names again? Denver Nuggets. Because Denver has a football team, an NBA basketball team, Nuggets. The Cleveland Browns yeah. are a bad name. There's there's a few, ter- the Buffalo Bills. What do you mean the Bills? The Buffalo Bills, yeah. Ter- I, I mean, to be fair, maybe they're just having more of a laugh than when they were all set up. Maybe they were just having more of a laugh than we were. And when it's ended up getting out of hand, the Paisley, um, the pa- the pa- Arsenal football. The Paisley Pandas would be a great name. Basically, the Perth cheeky pandas. Ah, oh, it's so cheeky. Anyway, <laughs> so this and and Arsenal Football Club in October 2020. The deal sees Ball serve the official sustainium aluminium beverage packaging of Arsenal Football Club. Yeah, the deal sees Ball serve as the official sustainable aluminium beverage packing partner of Arsenal Football Club. I, what? What does any of that mean? I, I don't know. What's what's an aluminium beverage packaging partner? Why would you need Hammers? one of, for what? Why would you need one of these? It's nonsense. <laughs> it is a nonsense. This is the most ridiculous one I've seen yet. It has to be. If anybody can top this as an official team partner, we'll give you a mug. But it has to be more ridiculous than you get to see the official airline of a football club. Not that ridiculous because the bigger clubs will need airlines to get to and from places like pre-season friendlies in the show and stuff but to have an official sustainable aluminium beverage packaging partner arsenal you're ripping the piss i'm ripping the tits right off it cash grabbing some would say can we use cash machine by hard fire see uh is the thing for this this is the intro music yes yes we will if anybody can come up with anything else please get in touch but i think we should move on swiftly and oh if you see anything other club shop of shames will be having mad sales this time of year there's got to be some kind of snippets of absolute dynamite in there that the club shops will be selling. Get in touch with us and uh, see if you can find out, and it will feature. So thanks again to Big Tall Paul for featuring the Troy Deeney horrific shirt. Steve Brown, chairman for best part of 10 years. Before that, Jeff Brown, the best part of 30 years. Between them, they have run, they have been Mr. and Mr. St. Johnston. Very, very 2023 title, but yeah. not when it's Father and Son, I And they have stepped down. There's a new kind of infrastructure in. Stan Harris is going to CEO. Flax is still there. Uh, Gus McPherson's still there. Uh, Mark Guidi might not be there. We don't know. Uh, but 
stadium stand names, bronze statues, they should go down as two of the most important figures in St. Johnson's history. Yeah. I'm like, I slagged Steve Van off before, and I'm totally going to not go back on it. No, I think look, nobody's ever going to be perfect in running a football club, ever. But I think if you can walk away from a 10-year sort of stewardship with three cups in the bag when you've had sort of zero in the previous 130 years, as you say, with the European trips, never been outside, um, I've never been outside the top flight during Steve Brown's time in charge. You can't, you can't argue with it. You really can't. And yeah, obviously his dad before that is, well, I mean, Jeff's still, obviously he's honorary president now and still owner of the club. So, you know, you'd imagine he'll have some sort of involvement things going forward but yeah it's um until obviously until whenever a takeover might happen but uh no thoroughly deserved the adulation on sunday end of an era again we are sort of seem to be hitting a bit of a, a bit of a pivot at st johnston really pivot but pivot um <laughs> it's it's a cliche about well-run club and all that you know not the fact we still got a club and all that is it, that's the testament the fact that the club's still there I think if we're looking at the Browns' time as a whole, you know, Jeff and Steve moved to McDermott, you know, the first purpose-built all-seater stadium in the country. Had some great sides over the years. They've tended to do pretty well in terms of, particularly Steve, I'd say, has tended to do pretty well in terms of picking managers. Also just about got pulling the trigger on one of them right as well. Yeah, it's just been an unparalleled sort of period in St. Johnson's history. And, you know, they're only part of the story, the Browns. You know, it's a story that goes back, as I say, 140 years, but a bloody big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And they've seen out their tenure, um, well, on on Sunday with a match against Livingston, but we also played Ross County on Wednesday night, which is their last outing of Teal Magenta. What a ride that's been. Honestly, if you're enough of a pain in the arse to your football club on the internet, then you can achieve all your lifelong dreams. Indeed. Like, like apparently getting rid of Guidi, apparently that's been something. And Teal Magenta. Uh, yeah. It was a campaign that started way back, I think in episode 12, where we wanted to get Teal Magenta uh, to the forefront and get it back as a kit. The most successful awake of all time. We've no idea what's happening next season, whether they're keeping it, changing it. I know Stan doesn't like it, but surely he sees the pound signs and knows it's a successful it's a successful kit. He's no stupid. <laughs> I, can't remember, I can't remember it was. So, someone on Twitter, I think it might have been Stuart Taylor, or it might have been, um, I can't remember who it was, but they <laughs> saw the Palace kit. Because obviously that's Macron, and that's half and half. And they said, just give us one last ride. <laughs> just give us one last ride. Yeah. Just a half and half deal. Maybe we, was it we could Bachelor, maybe? It might have been Cody, yeah. I think it was probably a few folk. Yeah, it might have been Cody. I can't remember. Um, but, uh... I just like glanced past it, laughed. I've probably liked it, so I could probably go back and check. It is. But, um, it's, a good, it's a good kit, to be fair, the Palace home kit, and that is a Teal Magenta kit. It would be absolutely tremendous, but <laughs> it did... It I did. think we'll be back to yellow. We'll be back, we'll be back to... We've had half fun. We'll be back to yellow. I hope not. I hope they go for, Surely. like, even white with Teal Magenta. Like, just as a as a subtle hint, that'd be nice. I would have taken that last year. Yeah. And then we got then we got the actual um, the actual bad boy. But, yeah, I'm trying to think here. Right, when you look back at, like, at other classic away kits, because we've had the red and white stripes. Yellow with blue stripes was our pretty popular one in 93. No, that's what Pav was after. Yeah, no, that was that was it. Yeah, yeah, the yellow, uh, the 
yellow and blue stripes. If they ball that back, that was pretty sexy. You can't lie about it. You can't deny no, that. That was a great kit. A real nice kit. But as I say, in the Teal Majuna came out for one last time and an absolute goal fest at Ross County. But this is what happened up at Dingwall. Trey right from Valentine. Right, allowed to run. So to Stevie May. Steps away from Bong where he's trying to kill that into the corner. And he's done so. Well, the finish was better than the dance. And St. Johnston and the Sunshine find themselves ahead at Dingwall. Works a 1-2, Ken has taken him down. It's an easy call for Nick Walsh. And it's a first penalty of 2023 for St. Johnston. And Stevie May, who scored Saints' last penalty against Hearts at the end of December, sends the goalkeeper the wrong way. It's a double for Stevie May. He moves into double figures for the season. That goal number 10. And Ross County are in a heap of trouble. Baldwin Long comes off Watson. That might have struck an arm. The referee says yes. Cammy Ballantyne. Well, the arm was out. And Nick Walsh, who's having a little chat with VAR to confirm he did not hesitate. The arm came up. It hit just the underneath. And Ross County have a chance to pull one back. Third penalty of the season. Third different taker. Emphatically finished by Yandanda. Well, there's a player not lacking confidence. And it comes, Noah Kenna tries to get the shot away. Jordan White is onside and scores. Well, St Johnston were looking for the flag, but it stayed down. And it's top goal scorer, Jordan White, who nets. There will be a VAR check, but that's a fine finish from Jordan White. Nervous moments, but the goal is given to a piece in Dingwall. County are pushing. Sending men forward, come back to the skipper, Jack Baldwin! What a strike that is for Ross County! They've come from two down to lead by three goals to two. And it's a first goal of the season, it's a fine goal for Jack Baldwin. Looking less happy now, Stephen McLean. Final minute. County need to clear this, the header's off the ball, it's in! Ryan McGowan, the goal scorer. It's his first goal for St Johnston. Considine with an initial header. Malky Mackay can't quite believe it. Laidlaw made the save. And McGowan wasn't going to miss. It was the most pretty of finishes. But he knocks it in. Well, it finishes 3-3. A real thriller in Dingwall. Well, I had a twist in the tail for the home side, but it doesn't change the requirement to beat Kilmarnock on Sunday to ensure safety. Dundee United need a miracle of biblical proportions to stay up. They are all but championship bound. The final chapter of the season to be written at Rugby Park. It promises to be a blockbuster. Scottish football, unbeatable. Three all. Ross Sinclair made his debut. We should probably touch on that very, very quickly. Um, it's good to see him get given a chance and let um, Remy Matthews back down the road. Yeah, and um, it's, it's worked out well because Ross has got a couple of games. You, you wouldn't want Ross coming in. First game of next season. All the expectation has been put on him, probably for a couple of years now, to, to be quite honest, um, since, he's, since he's under-21 caps. There has been this level of expectation on him. If you if he's then got a whole other summer building up to it, you know, that, that can have an impact. But, yeah, so I think it worked out well that he was getting a couple of games. It would have been nice if he'd got the county game and then Remy had got a, a send-off at McDermott because he has been... He's been a good goalkeeper, but he's also been um, a good sort of part of furniture for the year he's been here. He's got heavily involved in community trust down the women's game a couple of weeks ago. And he's a, he's obviously, game I saw you after your 
your bike um, escapade. So um, he's he's a really uh, he's a good lad, really good lad actually, Remy. So um, he's been a he's been a joy to have around the place. So he, he goes with fond sort of wishes. But yeah, it's good for Ross to get a couple of games under his belt. Um, don't know. I, I I saw it. At Ding, I watched the game at Dingwall. Made some good saves. Could maybe have done a little bit better with one or two of the goals, but that happens. Made some really good saves. It, and it was a bit of excitement as well. I mean, blobbed it a bit. But the best thing was, though, is like up until the last minute, Dundee were kind of relegated, but we managed to score and prolong their agony for another four or five days, which was which, which was yeah. pr- pretty special. Um, yeah, that was good. I mean, oh, they had a bad post split like the United. Oh, my word. They yeah. were honking. But, yeah, so it was a bit of excitement. Nice. Uh, Ryan McGowan. Uh, I think that was his first goal, wasn't it? Goal machine, yep. Ryan McGowan with an absolute thunderbolt. Goal machine, yeah. <coughs> off his knee. Um, Maisel getting himself into double figures for the season. Yeah, it was... Yeah, uh, it's nice for stuff like that when there's no uh, no pressure on because done the job up at Killy at the weekend. So, yeah, um, an, an exciting affair. Indeed, and all eyes uh, on Sunday turned to either Edinburgh to watch you in the marathon or up at McDermott Park uh, for a pretty, I wouldn't say meaningless game. There was a lot of meaning in it for a lot of players that uh, will be playing the last game, which we'll talk about. But this is what happened up there. McGowan wins that well. And it could come all the way for Drew Wright. And St. Johnston open the scoring. Drew Wright with the goal. And Stephen McLean is absolutely delighted. Well, it's a somewhat agricultural assist from Ryan McGowan. His header looping all the way over the Livingston defence. Dre Wright shows good anticipation, good pace, and a good finish as well. Brown just wanted that more than Kelly. Gets the ball back, and he's fouled by James Penrice. That has to be a penalty. And the referee, Granger, points to the spot. I don't think he had much option. That's cut and dry. Chris Kane from the spot. And that's an emotional goal for Chris Kane. He's missed most of this season through injury. He's only played once. And he scores his first goal since December 2021. His long association with St Johnston might be about to come to an end. His contract's up in the summer. And he might have just finished his time in Perth with a penalty. Well, here's another emotional farewell. Murray Davidson will depart St Johnston after 14 years. Three major trophies and 416 appearances. A Scotland cap to boot. As the McDermott Park crowd applauds his every touch. And there goes the full-time whistle bringing an end to that chapter, but a start to a couple more. A few nervy months for the Saints, they're all right in the end. Livingston finishing a very respectable eighth. It finishes at McDermott Park. St Johnston two, Livingston nil. A 2-0 victory in the, the final day of the season. Chris Kane scoring, which is great news. But something we've not talked about in the episode, which we'll talk about over the summer, um, the players that have left us, Alex Mitchell, last game for the club, Adam Montgomery, last game for the club. There's loads of players that we had alone. Conor McClellan came on last game for the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
well, we can probably gloss over him. <laughs> Adam Montgomery, especially, and Alec Mitchell, who probably, after the turn of the year, didn't play as much as he wanted, con- considering how well he played at the start. But two players that will probably be missed, I would say. Oh, Mitchell was superb first half of the season, and then subject to a good old-fashioned Davidson banishing, and then <laughs> obviously McLean's changed the system, and Gordon, you know, you, your club captain's going to play, and you're going to want a left footer there as well, um, if you've got a good one, which we do in Andy Considine. So, um, but yeah, it was um, he, he he had a great um, he had a great start to the season, and I hope he goes back down to Millwall and. Does what Danny McNamara did, um, goes in and has an impact at the club, um, gets himself in the first team. But Montgomery's going to be a mess. I'm, I'm, I'd hope if we could do what we did with Middleton, maybe try and get another year out of Celtic. Um, obviously, I know it was Rangers with Middleton, but we try and get another year out of him. That'd be good. That'd be helpful. But um, because he's been, he's been superb, really has. So, but we. It, that's out of anyone's control, really, at this moment in time. Um, so yeah, it'd be fun fellas. I'm a bit harsh on McLennan, but he's, um, you know, he's he's stuck about. I don't think he's, you know, he's obviously been. He was obviously quite well liked by the previous manager, particularly. Hey, you know what? He's he's he. I think he's another one. He's probably he's got sort of quite involved with things as well. So yeah, fair play to him. Um, you do wonder where his career goes, really. But, yeah, um, I know that his, his contract was up with Aberdeen, so yeah, we, he might be back <laughs> next season. Who knows? But like, as I say, usually we wrap up the season at this time of the year with a, with an award ceremony. We will squeeze one in probably in the next couple of weeks, but we do. So something we've not had on for a long time, Dan. <clears throat> Funny jokes. No, uh, guests. I said guests. We had Hannah on the last episode, but St. Johnson men's team guests, I should say. It's funny that how when things were going well, uh, we seemed to have them, you know, we didn't really seem to have any problem whatsoever um, getting them on. I think um, the manager at the time was was quite happy and um, and the, the PR consultant um, was quite happy when things were going well. As soon as you lose a few games, then there you go. But... We're like, answer a picnic as soon as you lose a few games. <laughs> well, that is the phrase. But we do have some guests coming on very soon. <laughs> First of all, current player Ryan McGowan, who's currently on holiday, has said he's going to come on and chat to us very soon. So he'll be on in a couple of weeks. We'll have a reward ceremony coming up and we're just trying to finalise some guests for that and the the categories. We usually like to mix up the categories. We might have one like the Melker Holberg Award for Most Handsome Player. Melker Holberg Award for Biggest Shite Bag. <laughs> Who would be the most handsome player on the team? Oh, well, like you used to say, but I would say Remy. Um, yeah, I'm got. Most handsome player in the team. Ryan McGowan's handsome. Um, big, big, big Gowser. Not just because he's coming on. Yeah. Well, we could if he does. We hopefully we can get the award ceremony done before that, and we can present him his award. Well, there we go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, that could be interesting. But that will be coming up very, very soon. Also, we are going to be speaking to former St. Johnston player under the Billy Stark era of St. Johnston, a Kilmarnock legend and Scottish Cup winner, Mark Riley, is coming on to speak to us. 
It's a bit of a, a weird one. He just released a new book in regards to running the world's toughest ultra marathon in, in kind of aid to raise awareness of his daughter, Dion, who's got Rett syndrome. The book is out now. It's called The Life of Riley's. And uh, Mavis, nice. as he was well known, will be coming on to speak to us as well about his time with Saints, <laughs> his time at Kelly. Brilliant. Eh? Uh, he's still pals with Kevin McGowan in that, and he's a Perth lad. And obviously, Gus McPherson mm. signed him at St. Mirren after St. John's. So there's loads of connections there. And we'll talk about his uh, couple of years with Saints as well. So there's something to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there'll be a couple of very interesting guests, I'm sure. Indeed. But before we go, we have got Ian McLaren's St. Johnson based song to play us out for the show. Oh, I have to say hello to somebody who messaged about three weeks ago, and I keep missing it. So I need to say hello to Dave McAnally. Hello, Dave. He was someone was at his first game, and it's Hunter, and he's twenty years old. He's not twenty years old at his first game. He's twenty months old. That makes more sense. <laughs> it's nothing great. He's twenty. You're taking his first game. What a terrible dad you are. Jeez, oh, take up that game here. younger, but twenty months old. Uh, so Hunter was with him, and there was four generations all at the game. Uh, it was his, I think it might have been the Motherwell game, which isn't ideal, but there was four generations of them. So mm. it was Hunter. David, uh, his granddad, and his brother, all supporting the Saints. We're all together there. So hello to Hunter, to baby Hunter. Not 20 years old, 20 months old. That makes more sense. Don't take a 20-year-old baby to the football. Look like Matt Lucas and uh, shooting stars. Not a good look. George Dawes. We've got another thing. I've got a notice board announcement. The Schoon Saints Supporters Club will be having their 2023 barbecue event. I did hear this. Yeah, I'd seen this. Yeah, um, so that's on the 10th of June. Ticket includes a burger or a hot dog. It says hot dog roll. I told you that's the hot dog, is it? Kids Disco 2-4, to four, lots of other activities. Um, a raffle. It's a brown and Great prizes. It's a brown and blacks. Sorry, yeah, it's at brown and blacks. I should have mentioned that. Yeah, so that's at brown and blacks. And we'll also have a stand for the, um, for the food bank collection there. I don't know who's running it. I think it, I don't know if it's Fitzy and Beggars. Could be. Uh, but yeah, that'll be a good event. And if it's a lovely day, big, massive outdoor space, it's in the back at Brown and Blacks as well. So that'll be bro. We've come to the end of an episode, Dan. We have that. And your house hasn't collapsed. Uh, yeah, well, that's always a bonus. Yeah. Did you get a new mattress? Yeah. Nice. So yeah, no, we're all, uh, we're all good. We're all sorted. Well, it's good to be back. And we will finish with Ian McLennan St. Johnson's song, which is based on the legend the only one and only Murray Davidson. Bye-bye. Bye. Fearless, courageous, through midfields he rages, showing teammates how it should be done. In game after game, his approach is the same, won't rest till the game has been won. Never lets up, when not down just gets up, with a knocks, bumps and bruises to show it. A one-man machine at the heart of the team Making sure the opponents all know it But with courage comes risk Think of key games he's missed Which is why it was brilliant 
TC money, money. To get the job done As the double was won He was brought on to bolster the team money, money. At the end of the game The team basked in the fame That being double cup winners would bring Was the widest by miles If only we'd been there to sing Oh, 